Welcome back to Two Crows Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Holmes, and this is another cryptid episode. But before we get into that, I have some exciting news. We have two new patrons. Yay! First, we have our new Crotit. Give it up for Chaz Acorns. The next one we have is a full-fledged accomplice, Greg. Thank you so much for joining the Crow's Nest. I super appreciate you both. Now let's dive into some cryptid activity. The state that was chosen for today was from one of you. I chose Idaho. I lived in the Panhandle for a little bit and it's very creepy up there so it doesn't surprise me that there's some monsters lurking around. So in one of you lovely little humans told me to do Idaho, I jumped on it and there was more there than I thought. Coming in first are the water babies of Massacre Rocks. Native American folklore describes Idaho water babies as a mysterious race of dwarves who dwell in the waters of Pocatello. Born during a time of great famine, legend has it water babies came into existence because their mothers had drowned them to save them from starvation. Day or night, those who visit the banks of Pocatello's Massacre Rocks can hear the cries of the babies as they search for their mothers. Locals, however, are careful to ignore the shrieking infants as they're said to be murderous. In an account written by Technotempo420, I had to pause to giggle there for a moment. Outside of my hometown of Pocatello, Idaho, is a tragic, frightening spot known as Massacre Rocks. Long ago, it was the scene of an incredibly awful, sad incident, and nowadays it is the home of ghosts who haunt it because of the incident. When Native Americans inhabited this area, there was a severe famine. It was so intense that villagers got together and decided that there wasn't enough food to feed any new mouths. As babies were being born, their mothers were forced to take them down to the nearby river and drown them, rather than have them live a life of constant hunger and starvation. Nowadays, these so-called water babies still make their presence known. If you go to the banks of this river and sit for a while in silence, you will begin to hear the unmistakable sound of babies crying. It's supposed to be the spirit of those same babies looking for their mothers. Now, this story led to another close by in Utah. Don't worry, we'll get back to Idaho. There's a lot more there to cover. Utah Lake covers 150 square miles in north-central Utah. It is also the home of a few malevolent creatures whose purpose, it seems, is to antagonize human beings. The Ute natives told stories of a mysterious race of dwarves who lived in the lake. They referred to them as water babies. See? See? It kind of ties into the other one there. Because of their clever tactics in luring people to their deaths, they would make sounds very reminiscent of crying babies. Concerned people would take off into the lake in an effort to locate and rescue the endangered babies within. 
only to be dragged down into the depths by the nefarious water babies. If one managed to escape the clutches of these devilish dwarves, they wouldn't be in the clear. A huge, predatorial, man-hating monster also caused Utah Lake home. The first sighting by a European occurred just at the tail end of the Civil War, when a resident reported being chased to the shore by a 30-foot reptile, which then turned around, joined another huge beast, and swam off. Shortly after, a different man claimed to see a huge reptile with the head of a dog patrolling the waters of the lake. In 1870, some of the fishermen found a large, strange skull and tusks protruding from it in the waters. Sightings occurred steadily through the late 1800s through the 1920s when they died down. So if you hear the faint sound of a baby crying near a body of water, it just might be a water baby luring you to your death. The second story we have from Idaho is the vanishing paddler on Lake Pend, O'Reilly. I believe it's O'Reilly. You can yell at me later if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Lake Pend, O'Reilly is the most ocean-like body of water in all the gem state. At 43 miles long and 1,158 feet deep, legend has it, the lake with 111 miles of shoreline is the home of a gigantic Jurassic water beast known as the Lake Pend O'Reilly Paddler. Locals describe the gray-colored creature as peaceful. Despite knowing there's a naval training station beneath Lake Pend, locals still believe a larger-than-life aquatic mammal lives among them. Whether it's a Jurassic water beast or a Navy submarine, either make for a fascinating local lore. Here are some sightings. The first sighting was said to be in 1944. However, there are also rumors that the Navy were testing submarines in the lake. In the 1970s, more stories appeared about a monster in the lake. In September 1977, a young girl was reportedly attacked by a strange creature near the Sandpoint City Beach. Local journalists called the creature the Penned O'Reilly Paddler. In 1984, an expedition to the lake by a North Idaho college professor, James R. McLeod. McLeod and his college-based cryptozoology research group conducted a much-publicized investigation, CryptoQuest 84, concluding that a majority of the sightings could have been a huge prehistoric-looking sturgeon. While collecting testimonies, McLeod noted that many people had reported seeing strange things in the lake, possibly submarines. The U.S. Navy admitted to using the deep end of the lake for submarine research, albeit many years later. The International Submarine Engineer Group, ISE, of Canada also used the lake to test the Pisces, a mini-sub in the 1960s. McLeod was able to confirm that the Pisces was at Penned O'Reilly in 1965. However, the story doesn't end there. On Memorial Day 
1985, Julie Green and her friends set out for an afternoon on the lake in the mid-afternoon. The teacher from Coeur d'Alene reports, a large V-shaped wave crossed about 200 yards in front of the boat. There was clearly something in the water ahead of us that was undulating, coming in and out of the water, she recalls. Green dropped her engine and gave chase, but the gunmetal gray object, which rivaled the length of her 22-foot boat, soon outdistanced her. Then, in 2007, a photographer was published showing something that looked like humps surfacing in the lake. Paddler? The image was taken on March 29, 2007 from Gross Mountain, Idaho, by the River Journalist's staff photographer, Jay Mock, and sent to Cryptomundo by Surrealist Research Bureau columnist Jody Forrest. So is there really a monster in the lake? Or is it just our military playing another prank on us? Or is the monster part of our military? Next, we'll go over to Bear Lake for another monster. The beast of Bear Lake is often described as being at least 40 feet long, with short but powerful legs. The beast was known to wait for its victims by the shores and then pull them in. It is also known to attack unlikely swimmers in the lake. It is reported as grayish, greenish, with the head of an alligator. A man who appeared on Monster and Mysteries in America claims to have seen this monster in 2007. It goes that he was riding in his boat to go check some fishing lines at night when he heard a growl-like sound. He looked to his right and saw it looking at him. It just went in the water. However, there is the chance that people could confuse the monster with a large alligator. However, this is unlikely due to the fact that Idaho is far too cold for an alligator. Although, thinking back, we did think that about the bull shark as well, and yet we find that quite far up the rivers. But I digress. Maybe because I want to believe in monsters. Like the famous Loch Ness in Scotland, Utah's Bear Lake keeps a monster-sized secret in its watery depths. Located at the top of Logan Canyon on the Idaho border, Bear Lake has been at the center of monster sightings stories since 1868. Now I know Utah and Idaho seem to be mixing a lot, and that's because... They do. We pretend our states are these very separate entities, but really they're not. Okay, back to 1868. That was the year that local resident and Deseret News correspondent Joseph Rich reported sightings of a strange serpent creature in the newspaper. Between 1868 and 1871, several more sightings of the monster were reported, including campers who claimed that a huge, alligator-like creature emerged from the waters and destroyed their camp. Local man Thomas Slate reported a huge animal out on the lake swimming with incredible speed while Aquila Nebiker saw the monster gobbling his flock of sheep along with several rolls of barbed wire. 
A local fisherman even captured a junior member of the notorious Bear Lake Monster family near Fish Haven in the summer of 1871. Panic over the monster reached such a fevered pitch that area gun sales increased from 1868 to 1870. Gotta capitalize on anything, right? But with each sighting, descriptions of the monster changed dramatically. It was reportedly between 6 and 90 feet long, with a horse-like or maybe snake-like head, with a body that was alternatively brown, green, shiny, scaly, or hairy. The monster was seen rising from the water, floating calmly, swimming at great speeds, and even walking on the shore. Several eyewitnesses were well-respected members of the community, which gave the story credibility. Various plots were hatched to capture the monster, from giant fish hooks to plans for straining the lake itself. None of those came to fruition. Oddly enough, Joseph Rich eventually admitted that he had invented the monster story to attract tourists to Bear Lake, but many eyewitnesses stood by their accounts and Shoshone oral tradition actually tells of a serpent-like creature in that lake. So what do you think about Bear Lake Monster? Historical fact? Fascinating legend? Or a complete hoax? For me personally, I would love to believe that it's real. If you've ever been, let me know what your experience was. Our next place was kind of hard to find information on because there's such a tourist spot here for hiking that it was very difficult to find things about lore that wasn't a map of the hike itself. The Seven Devils Long ago, seven child-eating giant brothers lived on the horizon of the Idaho-Oregon border. Terrified of the giants who had eaten their children, locals sought help from the great coyote. Great as he was, he knew he couldn't defeat the murderous giants with strength alone, so coyote relied on his skillful wit. Just before the giants headed east to hunt for more children, coyote dug seven massive holes on the earth, filling them with scorching hot liquid. One by one, the giants found themselves trapped in coyotes' holes. As they struggled to set themselves free, the giants splashed boiling liquid as far as the eye could see until Coyote transformed them into stone. He did this to stop them from ever reaching the village's children again. Coyote opened a canyon at the foot of the Stone Brothers. And this now is where people hike and have fun. Once my hips are well enough, I think I might do that hike because it looked beautiful. This fifth one is one that kept coming up in other lake legends that I was discovering, and so I decided to add it in. Charlie, the Payette Lake Legend, named by a contestant in a McCall newspaper competition in the 1950s, Charlie is Idaho's most beloved mythical beast. Over the years, locals have described her as a brownish-green sea serpent measuring 10 to 50 feet in length. Despite the eerie way the monster serpent is rumored to slide across Payette Lake, locals do not fear Charlie. Instead, they're enamored of the sea serpent they say has never harmed a soul. 
I found on the website for Payette Lake. Everyone loves a good legend, and we have a great one right here in McCall, Idaho, with Charlie, our resident lake monster, Barbara Noakes Quater, with the Nell Tabius Research Center in Roseberry, has compiled a historic look back at the story of Charlie. Big Payette Lake is named after Francois Payette, a French-Canadian fur trapper who roamed the central Idaho mountains during the early years of the 19th century. The natural lake is over 5,000 glacial-curved acres of clean, still water, surrounded by towering pines and serene Douglas fir. At its deepest, the darkest point near the northwest shore, the lake is 392 feet deep. The Native Americans who once spent summers in Long Valley were said to fear the calm, seemingly bottomless waters of the lake, telling stories of an evil spirit that lurked in its hidden depths. The first documented sighting of something out of the ordinary was by a railroad logging crew in 1920 while cutting railroad ties near the upper end of the lake workers thought they saw a huge log floating in the frigid waters the log began to move forward then the log began to undulate the log created its own wake as it rapidly left the area In 1944, a group of people near the Narrows saw a creature describing it as at least 35 feet long with a dinosaur-type head, pronounced jaw, humps like a camel, and shell-like skin. This dramatic account propelled the story into the national headlines. The serpent hunters began to frequent the tranquil area to snap a photo of the creature or even capture it outright. An article published in National Distributed Times Magazine in August 1944 reported that 30 people had seen the periscope-shaped head of the creature they called Slimy Slim since July 2nd of that year. Okay, I like Slimy Slim better. In 1946, 20 people in a group reported seeing this creature. Dr. G.A. Taylor of Nampa stated that it appeared to be 40 feet long and seemed to keep diving down into the watery depths. He also said that it left a wake like a small motorboat. By 1954, many people had reported sightings of Slimy Slim, and residents decided their local monster needed a better name. A. Boone McCollum, editor of the Star News, held a national contest, and the winning entry was submitted by Leslie Hennifer of Springfield, Virginia. In her letter to the Star, she wrote, Why don't you call him Charlie? You know, like, Vas you der Charlie? This was a reference to a one-liner used by Jack Pearl in a popular radio show. Regular sightings of Charlie have been reported over the years, but no official evidence of Charlie's existence has been offered up. Regardless, the residents of McCall need no proof to know she, yes, Charlie is a she, is real. 
Her legend continues to grow, adding imagination and mystery to the area. She is now an unofficial symbol of Macal. The last one I found here for today is the hopeless lovers bound by Spirit Lake. More than a century ago, two young Native American lovers in the throes of forbidden love thrust themselves off a cliff into the treacherous waters of Spirit Lake. Tied together by their wrists, the lovers drowned to death in pursuit of an eternity together. More than a hundred years later, locals say they can see their moonlit silhouettes drifting across the lake in a phantom canoe. On quiet, still nights, it's said locals can hear the lovers' mournful sounds as they seek to release themselves from their watery grave. I saw multiple short accounts of people that were visiting the lake seeing somebody that wasn't there, whether in a boat on the water, walking alongside the water, or walking straight through them. There have been reports of crying and mourning sounds coming from the waters themselves. If you have a story from your area you want me to tell, feel free to message me. I'll leave my email in the description below. Please feel free to subscribe if you want to hear more from me. And turn your notifications on so you know when I post. And we post three times a week. If you want to join the Crow's Nest on my Patreon, I will leave that link below. The tiers start at $3 a month. Every little bit keeps the podcast running. And with that, I bid you adieu. Crow out.